How's it going, my fellow Americans? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. How are you guys doing? Uh, We are in the month of August. And it's been super hot. And just started raining here in Minnesota. So that's good. Hopefully everybody's crops are growing. Um, I'm going to start the show today with this Daily Beast article. The headline is, The Reckoning That Has Chinese Officials Dropping Like Flies by Shannon Vavra. I want to read this to you. Xi Jinping is on a tear. Beijing confirmed this week he has replaced the general at the head of China's rocket force unit, General Li Yuchao, and his deputy shaking up the very military unit that would likely be central to an effort to take over Taiwan. The unit China's People's Liberation Army Rocket Force steers China's land-based nuclear and conventional ballistic missiles, hosting nine bases responsible for everything from missile tests to overseeing China's central nuclear stockpile. Li and his deputy uh, were under investigation as part of an anti-corruption program, according to the South China Morning Post, which I didn't know was the thing. Beijing has replaced Li and Liu at the top of China's missile force with Wang Hobin, who will be the new commander, and Zhu Zhusheng, who will serve as the new political commissar, according to the State Council Information Office of China. The ousters marked the largest shakeup in the upper echelons of China's military in years as U.S. officials warn that China is growing increasingly aggressive towards Taiwan, with sights set on being prepared to possible conflict for either 2025 or 2027. And it's not just the rocket force that she is going after. It's the overhaul at the unit, uh, the overhaul, I'm sorry, at the unit, coincides with China's foreign uh, minister, uh, Quinn Gong, if I pronounced that correctly, going missing from the public eye for days, only to be replaced by himself. She has long focused his anti-graph campaign on the military to solidify his power and to modernize the rocket force. Corruption has been a constant threat to the force through the years, according to Matt Brazesi, a Chinese language analyst at Blue Path Labs which has studied the PLA's rocket force. The PLARF builds up. There is no builds up. There is no doubt a lot of money sloshing around right now from lucrative construction and supply contracts. And it wouldn't be the first time there has been corruption in the PLA contracting process. Bruce Acey told the Daily Beast, citing the notorious sentencing of uh, Gu Junshan, from 2015, who was accused of immense corruption. 
And although the removals may be targeted at corruption or other reports of possible wrongdoing, she is likely working to surround himself with more yes men as he works to bolster his sense of control over China's military and foreign policy apparatus. According to Tony Hu, the first Pentagon senior uh, country director for Taiwan, it's partly to solidify his control, to solidify his control, to ensure all those under him are all very loyal to him. Okay, people, so here we go. Communist country, one person, one dictator, one demagogue at the top, one ruling elite king, you might say, in control of huge, vast amounts of money, military might, and if they wanted to send boots on the ground, there's only a couple billion of them. So think about that, people. There's a reason why we have a bicameral legislature. There's a reason why the executive branch isn't supposed to be able to wage war without the legislature. Checks and balances. That's what we have in place here in America to prevent against exactly what is going on in China right now as we speak. Let's move on. Paranoia. Going after the upper rank of the PLA's rocket force, whom Xi Jinping handpicked, in particular indicates that he may be feeling a series of doubts about his own decision-making. Who pointed out that the foreign minister, who was ousted after rumors swirled that he was having an ill-advised affair, was also handpicked by Xi? This shows that the leadership that she has handpicked might be causing him to have concerns about loyalty. He's probably double-checking everybody's background. That should cause serious worry in the minds of Xi Jinping to think. Who else might be for a foreign agent or influenced by foreign countries, foreign governments, or those within his inner circle? Yada, yada, etc., etc. It shows that Xi Jinping doesn't feel safe in his position. If he reveals some realities, some reasons why he shouldn't be in that position anymore, then it might just damage Xi Jinping's authority. So I think he wants to get rid of the problem children within his administration. Okay? The fact that the United States is beginning to formulate an alliance like with the United States, Japan, Korea, etc., tying together with the U.S., Australia, and other NATO countries becoming involved that can formulate an alliance that China has to worry about because there's no way they can win if they are faced with a united alliance with a collective defense objective like NATO. He is seeing a situation where he has been surrounded. People. This article goes on to talk about a lot of stuff. I highly recommend you guys go check it out if you want to read on. The headline again, The Reckoning That Has Chinese Officials Dropping Like Flies by Shannon Vabra uh, for The Daily Beast. China, people, how many times 
Have you heard me say on this show, China is rising. China is going to become a big problem for the United States. And the entire world knows that that is the case. Strategic alliances amongst countries are being formed as we speak. Are they setting the stage for World War III? You be the judge. Let's hit a commercial, and I'll be right back. the United States? What if the Chinese or the Russians or whatever just tactically EMP'd? <laughs> go ahead. Oh Put on this tinfoil hat. Back on. Tactically EMP'd the entire country and just put us back into the stone age we had no internet we had no shipping supplies we had no communication we had no cars emps will kill your car battery you can't do anything yeah proper that theorizes these guys are scientists oh. and sociologists oh. <laughs> they said that most of the population in the united states 60 percent plus would die within four weeks holy shit four weeks because no way most of the population back on. we'll put Sorry, that back on we're gonna need it so most of the population lives in major cities right la new york things like that how do those cities actually get food get clean water get anything because they have the worst sewage problems those people are going to starve to death they're not going to have clean water they can't grow food there's nothing to hunt so as soon as that amp goes off yeah. Looting is instant. All chaos starts to happen. After the looting is done, the second thing that's going to happen is anybody with any power, aka guns, are going to start feeding off of the people that are weaker that don't have the guns, don't have anything to defend themselves with. In a city like New York, none of the law-abiding citizens have guns. All the criminals do. So now you're in a fucking criminalized society where only the criminals have guns. Nobody else can defend themselves. Mm -hmm. All the law-abiding citizens are fucked. You hear that, people? If you don't have firearms in a situation that this man just described, is it conspiracy theory? Is it you have to put your tinfoil hat on to accept these ideas as possibilities? We all know that China is ahead of us technologically. Cyber attacks are a thing. They've been talked about by the World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab, big fan of China. You guys all know that. These things are coming sooner or later. And I've joked about the whole EMP blast thing before. For those of you that don't know, it stands for electromagnetic pulse. If you've ever seen the Matrix movies, they use EMPs all the time to shut down technology, communications, etc. If you think that that technology does not exist in the real world, then you might be mistaken, people. And this guy made the argument that four weeks, it would take four weeks for millions of people to die. And more people would die after that because of the looting and the pillaging and the plundering by the people with the power, uh, i.e. the people with the guns. So people, with the looming threat of China, with the looming threat of World War III, with the looming threat of the BRICS nations coordinating and conspiring against the United States dollar to get us off the world reserve currency. I made the argument in a previous show that America, I theorize, 
This is a conspiracy theory, but I theorize that we are going to be made an example of. And if what this man just said is correct, if China or any other country decides to attack us through the cyber networks, through EMPs, through whatever, our infrastructure is so bad, the sewage problem is so bad, the inability for people to grow their own food, uh, because uh, for a number of reasons, Bill Gates buying up all the farmland is reason number one. But also, I mean, God, if you live in an HOA, you can't even have a garden outside your house. The system is set up for you to need the system. And four weeks, people, it would take four weeks for all of us to die. If we were attacked by an EMP, if we had a cyber attack, take down all, all of our technological systems, that's how married and connected to the system we all are. Maybe we can't put up a fight. Maybe it's already too late. Maybe even if you do have firearms, we're still getting uh, blown back into the Stone Age. And Think about AI. What if AI gets a hold of the nuclear codes and starts firing nuclear weapons off? You guys think that this isn't possible stuff? I mean, come on. World War III looks like the the battle lines are being formed. BRICS and China versus NATO and the West. And if they go after Taiwan, that might be step one towards this road towards World War III. Because if you guys remember, I played a clip in a previous show where they talked about Taiwan being where all these superconductors and all these parts are made uh, for computers and for all the tech stuff. And that's why it's such a prize for both sides to be fighting over because if China gets that, they're going to corner the market, allegedly, on the the parts needed to build the AI, build the computers, etc. So if they can corner the market on that, United States and the West, and maybe even NATO, is in big, big trouble. And if Russia and China are on the same team with the BRICS nations, we all know what's going on in Ukraine right now. I mean, <laughs> it's not looking good. Here, real quick, uh, take a listen to Julian Assange explain to you what's going on in Ukraine right now. And then I'm going to play a clip of Senator John Kennedy grilling uh, Mayorkas, my favorite, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, on whether or not he believes assault weapons should be banned in this country. And this argument, if you think the government people isn't trying to get rid of your guns, and if we get attacked by China one day, that'll expedite the process of getting rid of the population because we're all going to die real quick if we can't defend ourselves. If we don't die first from starvation and uh, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, people. <laughs> Here, let's get into it. Here's uh, Julian Assange. The goal is to use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of the United States out of the tax bases of European countries through Afghanistan and back into the hands of a transnational security elite. That is the goal, i.e. the goal is to have an endless war, endless not a successful war. Very soon, within the next few years, it will become 
than normal for there to be a constant war in the West. People will reach maturity and adulthood under the understanding that there is always a war. And at that point, war will not be something that is unusual or surprising or horrifying. War will become the new normal. Uh, my apologies. He was talking about Afghanistan in that clip, but exactly what he described was going on in Afghanistan is exactly what is going on in Ukraine right now as we speak. And he nailed it. And I've been over this before. Perpetual, total, constant war. War is the racket. It is never intended to be uh, ended. It is to be consistently persistent always happening we have always been at war with eurasia we have always been at war with east asia straight out of orwell's 1984 people i've been over it and that's what's happening what's going on in afghanistan what's going on in ukraine exactly the same thing washing the money making the rich richer at the expense of the common stock the the human life of the poor and the people that are subjects to these demagogues that feel that they have divine right preferred stock right the aristocrats the new bourgeoisie the world economic forum the big club okay you guys are starting to get it i'm sure you guys by now if you're listening to my show Still, you guys, I, I feel like I have to be getting close to getting these concepts into your brains so you understand what is happening in the world that you and I live in together, people. Here we go. Let's take a listen to Senator John Kennedy talking to Mr. Alejandro Mayorkas about whether or not we should ban assault weapons. Take a listen to this. Here we go. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Welcome, Mr. Secretary. Thank you, Senator. Mr. Secretary, do you agree with the president that we should ban the private ownership of assault weapons in America? Senator, I do. What is an assault weapon? It is, for example, in an AK-47. Uh, can you give me a definition other than just pointing to a specific weapon? Would there be other weapons besides an AK-47 you would ban? Uh, there uh, uh, very well are. And I remember when I was a federal prosecutor uh, in the Central District of California from September 25th, 1989 to, I believe it was April 2001. And I thank you for uh, your service, the, but if you could answer law my question. The, the vast majority of law enforcement officers, uh, leaders uh, with whom I worked, uh, uh, were uh, greatly in support of the assault weapons Mr. ban. Mr. Chairman, you know why we get so frustrated with you? Because you won't give straight answers. I think I just did. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Do you have an, a, def, a definition of an assault weapon? Uh, I am confident there is a technical definition of what is an assault weapon, uh, and it was uh, assuredly used uh, in the context of the statute that previously existed banning assault weapons. 
Um, Mr. Mr. Secretary, our, our southern border is not secure, is it? Senator, um, I have spoken about this. I believe I've addressed this earlier in the hearing. Why don't you let address me, it again? Of course. Let me, uh, let me share with you um, a few things. Number one, when I speak of the security of the border, I am speaking of maximizing the resources we have to deliver the most effective results. So and we, let me we, assure we, you we, that we are doing secure so. because we're trying to secure it. Are we succeeding? Uh, Senator, we are so focused on the security of our southern border. We oh, are doing yeah. so much with respect to succeeding. the surge of how, personnel. How are, how are, you're not succeeding. Oh, Senator, let me share with you that the challenge of migration that we are experiencing at our southern border is not exclusive to the United States. It is something that is gripping the entire hemisphere. But my job is to worry about the United States. Mr. As is mine. As and, is mine. And here's my question. Let me try to rephrase it. And I really do wish, I understand the position you're in, but you really should try to do a better job of answering the questions. Um, under the Biden administration, we have the most encounters. We have had the most encounters with people attempting to come into our country illegally in the history of ever. Under the Biden administration, we have had the most people entering our country illegally in the history of ever. Under the Biden administration, we have had the most... Uh, gotaways at our southern border in the history of ever. Uh, under the Biden administration, we have had the most number of people entering our country under a claim of asylum, having that claim turned down and still not being deported in the history of ever. And under the Biden administration, we've had the most fentanyl coming into our country in the history of ever. How can you possibly say the southern border is secure? Do you know I understand you, you, your answer that you're trying, but I'm not asking about your efforts. I'm asking about the results. Well, let's talk about the results then, Senator. Do you know that um, last year we expelled and removed approximately 1.4 million uh, people from the southern border? I, th I believe that's the most ever. Do you realize uh, that we are focused on enforcing our laws to achieve the security of the southern border? I, I know you're focused, Mr. Chairman, but you're, or Mr. Secretary, but you're not succeeding. Uh, Senator, and I just... And when you come testify to us, you talk about how you're trying really hard. And, and I don't have any way to disprove that. I, I, I accept that statement in good faith. But the numbers belie that. If I can, Senator, let me give you an example uh, of a solution that we uh, have delivered that um, for some reason is being I, contested. I, I, no, no, because it's, it's caused a 95... I, I 30 seconds, okay? It's, don't, it's caused don't, a 95... Don't, don't filibuster me. It's You've caused, been doing that all day. I'm just trying to ask I'm just trying questions. to communicate. It has, it has led to a approximately 95% drop in the number of encounters in between the ports of entry at our southern border of Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans Mr. Secretary, on January 5th. Mr. And why Secretary. would that be opposed when it is delivering precisely the result that you seek? 
did you just parachute in from another planet, Mr. Secretary? <laughs> because you're the only person in the Milky Way <laughs> who believes that we're not having massive, massive illegal immigration into America. <laughs> Senator, you're, you're, um, you're putting words into my mouth. No, sir, there I'm is, accurately is, describing the situation. There is no question. There is no question that we have a very serious challenge at our southern border. Okay. It me, is a me, challenge. Well, that I, is we can agree on that. Let me ask you another question. Um, why don't you just declare a new policy that other than children, if you present at the southern border, you claim refugee status, you claim political asylum, and you haven't claimed refugee status and political asylum at the first safe country, then you can't come in. Um, uh, Senator, so first of all, when one presents at the border, it's an asylum claim, not but a refugee. But why don't you do that? Why don't not you just unilaterally claim. declare that it, a safe third country policy? It would work. You can't come into America. If you're coming from Venezuela and you come through Mexico, if you didn't claim asylum in Mexico, you can't come here. You have to leave. Why don't you just do that? Well, uh, Senator, uh, let me give you an example with respect to Mexico. A safe third country agreement, uh, let's hypothetically you assume. You don't have to have an agreement with Mexico. Yes, you do. No, you don't. I believe you do, Senator. No, you don't. I'll have Other to... countries don't do it. Just adopt a policy that says, except for children, because you don't want to send children back by themselves. Just adopt a new policy that if, if, you, if you didn't seek asylum in the first, safe third country, you can't come in, period. Uh, Senator, are you aware of the notice of proposed rulemaking that we issued, the comment period of which closed yesterday? You've which... had two years to adopt a policy. Like I just described, why haven't you done it? Boom, two so, years. So, Senator, what two we years. have done is it, But we why have, have you done, haven't you done that? We right. have surged enforcement resources. All right, I got to stop because this is getting on my nerves. Uh, people, listen to Mayorkas tiptoe around and dance around the, the obvious elephant in the room, the obvious reality. We know the drugs are coming over. We know the people are coming over. Why do you not want American citizens to be able to defend themselves from an incoming insurgency uh, of infiltrators from who cares what country? Who cares where they're coming from? Why do you have borders in the first place? Charlie Kirk once said that the idea of borders is a line of demarcation showing you where good ideas begin and bad ideas end. And I love that definition. I love that quote. Because what's the point of having borders? What's the point? of having a checks and balances system of people that can and cannot enter into our society if it's not to be to protect the citizens of this nation. And Senator Kennedy in this clip says, my job is to worry about the United States. My job isn't to worry about what's going on in the world. And what message is he sending when he says that? He's saying that Mayorkas, who is stooge of the Biden administration is thinking about globalization. 
They're thinking about the destabilization of the United States. That's their agenda. That's their policy. I would go so far as to say that the Biden administration is in the pocket of China, is in the pocket of the World Economic Forum, is in the pocket of the global banker cartel, the drug cartels that are moving the drugs into this country. Why wouldn't they want you drugged up out of your mind? so that you can't pay attention to the realities of this world, so that you can't pay attention to what is happening right underneath your noses. Ron Paul once said they are setting the stage for violence in America. And my fellow Americans, you can bet your bottom dollar that that is exactly what they are doing. And if you don't think that this administration, and even the Trump administration, any administration run by the big club and the CIA, You think these presidents make any difference? You think voting makes any difference, people? You think the puppet they put in the chair in the Oval Office makes any difference to the policies and agenda that they're going to carry out against you, me, all of us, my fellow Americans? You better wake up. They want your guns. They can't define what an assault weapon is because they want all your weapons. That's what they aren't saying. That's what Alejandro Mayorkas is not saying. They don't want to define it because that means that some will be legal and some will be illegal. But guess what? They're not going to define it because they don't want any to be legal. They want all of your firearms. Mark my words. And now, here's another take on why Mr. Alejandro Mayorkas doesn't want to solve the border crisis. Take a listen to this clip from the Heritage Foundation. They did a little research uh, into what is going on at the border under Mr. Mayorkas. And uh, not surprising, take a listen. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas just lost his border shell game. Shell game. In December of 2022, the number of illegal and inadmissible aliens that Customs and Border Protection encountered exceeded 300,000 for the first time ever. Secretary Mayorkas and the Biden administration only ever respond bad optics when it comes to the border. So they started telling future illegal aliens in January, stop crossing our border illegally. Instead, do it at the ports of entry. CBP was rolling out a brand new application and they told illegal aliens, aliens use this application make an appointment at a port of entry we'll let you enter there now these aliens are still inadmissible before january was even over the administration sent out a press release tooting their horn saying see the between the port numbers are down and secretary mayorkas has continued to say that patting himself on the back but what he never mentions is the number of inadmissible aliens entering at the ports and for the first time ever the number of inadmissible aliens crossing at the ports exceeded the number of illegal aliens entering between the ports and now a July number has leaked to the press. That number increased from over 99,000 in June to over 130,000 in July. What will Secretary Mayorkas say now? There it is, people. What will Secretary Mayorkas say now? Talking out the side of his mouth, patting the numbers. We know politicians are corrupt, especially in the executive branch. And I know I kind of strayed away from the whole China thing, but people, 
there are wolves in sheep's clothing here in this country that do not have the best interests of the United States of America in mind. And that's what I'm trying to point out to you. Um, Here, speaking of 2A and the Second Amendment and the gun violence in this country, take a listen to this stat. Uh, This was crazy. This should give you some perspective. Here we go. I'm not even surprised. Listen to this. You want to hear a really wild stat, though? Yeah. We are the, at 193 countries, I believe we are number three in gun violence. Mm. Okay? But if you were to take the five cities where there is the most gun violence, Chicago, Philly, I think Houston, Chicago, Philly, Detroit. I don't know if it's L.A., but I think it is L.A. Just sheer numbers. So it's all all these cities. If you take out the cities with the, and they all have these strictest gun controls. Mm. So it's St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Detroit, it's Chicago, it's Philadelphia, and I think it's Los Angeles. And they have the strongest, the very, very tight gun laws. Keep in mind, they are blue, I'm just saying, not, you know, but if you were to take them out of the equation, we would not be the third, we would be the 189th. Wow. 189th. We would be the 189th uh, spot for gun violence, most gun violence out of all nations. If you got rid of the five cities in this country that had the, that do have, the strictest gun control laws. So you mean to tell me that with the results-based evidence of that reality, you mean to tell me that implementing more strict gun control laws in other places around this country is going to make the situation better somehow? And with all these people coming flooding into the country from the southern borders... Who knows what kind of people they are? Who knows what kind of morals and values they have? Who knows what kind of firearms they have? Who knows if they're, whether or not they are funded by terrorist organizations that are uh, training people to be terrorists down in South America right now as we speak? Ecuador, Brazil, some other countries down there are literally training Al-Qaeda type of uh, military forces terrorist organizations, whatever, people. There's a lot of crazy shit going down in the world today. And in a time where crazy shit is going down all around this world, you would think that you would want to be able to have the means to protect yourself if some type of attacker, be it a a fellow citizen who's poor and hungry, starving, or be it some foreign invader from another country, who cares what their intentions are? If your own government doesn't want you to be able to defend yourself from would-be attackers, does that not tell you something very, very important about the intentions of the people in control of your government? Think about it, people. And let's move on. Let's talk about China again, and let's talk about coming issues for the United States is China targeting the United States uh, food supply here's uh, from headline USA exclusive experts warn China's massive food hoarding will lead to food shortages in America China is hoarding a massive amount of food and the US Department of Agriculture confirms China will soon have 69% of the globe's corn reserves, 60% of its rice, 51% of its wheat. And if uh, you know what's going on in California right now, uh, one of my friends, his family are uh, rice farmers. 
they've had to rotate their fields into uh, walnuts and other things because the crop uh, there's not enough water for the crop to get in uh, for them to grow enough rice. So they had to start growing other things and they might lose a big part of their crops. And why is Bill Gates buying up all the farms, people? I mean, start putting this stuff together. It ain't that hard to see, okay? What does this mean for Americans like you and me? Two words, food shortages. Control the food and you control the people. Right now, there are 38 million Americans struggling with food insecurity, allegedly, and experts say more grocery hoarding may come as disruptions push America's food food supply, I'm sorry, near its breaking point. John Boyd Jr., a fourth-generation American farmer, warns, food shortages are coming. As a result of this crisis, survival food is more important than ever. And if you don't think taking action, and if you don't take action, or if you stockpile the wrong foods, you could be setting your family up to go hungry in a time of crisis. It sounds harsh, but the truth is too many people with good intentions are making critical mistakes with their survival food. Mistakes like getting MRAs with a five-year shelf life, depending on where you purchase them from. They could be expired. Getting gross survival foods that are tough to stomach and so high in salt, MSG, and other preservatives, you could clog your arteries and get yourself sick. You know, shitty canned food, whatever. Or simply getting the wrong foods and leaving a critical hole in your meal plan. Yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. So this turns into an ad for MREs here. But think about that, people. What if China is targeting the United States in every possible way but militarily? What if China is in cahoots with the American Biden administration, with the World Economic Forum, with the Bill Gateses and the Klaus Schwabs of the world, right? You don't think the possibility is at least on the table, my fellow Americans? Take a listen to this clip about Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates. Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab. Let me just get this straight for a minute. No theories, no hypothetics. Let's just talk strictly fast. This guy says by 2030, you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy about it. The World Economic Forum. He says that every single system, food, education, everything is going to be reset. Just a side note, we never voted for this guy and he's coming into our lives, a stranger we never met, telling us he's going to reset our lives. We need to reset everything. (laughs) Okay, dude. Then this guy says there's going to be food shortages. There's going to be more outbreaks of things. Now he's buying up more farmland than anyone else in the United States. He's the largest owner of farmland. Now food processing facilities are burning down at an unprecedented rate. 18 food massive processing Mm -hmm. facilities have burned up or been hit by planes and burst into flames. Was that China? Six months. He's investing in fake meat. The food supply is being destroyed. Where's the theory here? Something very strange is happening and they're telling you they're doing it. People, they are straight up telling you what they are doing. They're going to take your food. They're going to take your guns. They're going to take your homes. They're going to take your liberty, your sovereignty, and most importantly, your freedom. John F. Kennedy once said all too often, we enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort 
of thought. And my fellow Americans, we better start getting comfortable with the discomfort of thought. Because if we don't start thinking about the realities of this world, about the reality of what is happening in the world that you and I live in together right now as we speak, then my fellow Americans, do you deserve freedom? Do you deserve sovereignty, liberty, security? Those who would trade their liberty for security will deserve neither and will lose both. Benjamin Franklin. Make yourselves sheep and the wolves will eat you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to play some punk rock. All right, people, welcome back to the show. Today, I entitled this episode, Infiltrate, Overcome, and Acquire, uh, because that is the order and the playbook of the CIA intelligence community uh, folks. Uh, that's their game plan with regard to imperialism and uh, empire building uh, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. In the first place I ever heard this phrase, infiltrate, overcome, and acquire, was on an episode of the Wicked Planet podcast with Ron from New England and Buckley and Anonymous Sean. And uh, they had an episode a long time ago where they were talking about this being the playbook of the CIA, infiltrate, overcome, and acquire. And with the seemingly... Um, obvious goals of our government and our intelligence community wanting to get rid of our guns, get rid of our firearms, open up the borders, uh, flood a, a multicultural array of people from many different countries into the United States, destabilizing it, some would say. Uh, the fiat currency, unsustainable debt, I mean, all the problems that are stacking up on top of each other for the United States are eventually going to sink the ship, in my humble opinion. From an outsider's perspective, uh, <laughs> it's pretty obvious to see. From an insider's perspective, it's more difficult to see because the media blinds you from the reality of what is going on in the country that you and I live in together here in the United States my fellow Americans. And I know a lot of this stuff is far-fetched. A lot of you guys don't want to believe this is happening. But what are you going to believe? You're going to believe a TV screen telling you about what's going on? Or are you going to believe the reality happening right in front of your very eyes? 
very interesting and frustrating and terrifying times. We are living it. So before we get to the punk rock, I want to play a clip. Uh, Roseanne Barr and Primetime 99 Alex Stein talking about whether or not they believe World War III is on the horizon. Take a listen. We're going to World War III. I mean, I think it's inevitable because I do too. Because they want to have war. They America, need it. We don't. Produce, They're all invested in it. Yeah, we don't make anything but bombs, Halliburton, Raytheon. So when our biggest industry is selling military equipment, then it benefits us. Like that's what they tell us in school books. Like, oh, the war helped the economy, and you're like, huh? How is that? Oh, it's because we sold all the bullets. We made all the bombs. <laughs> of both sides. And then we go and blow them up, and then we got to recharge all of the taxpayers for these bombs. So listen, the people are like, and oh. then nation build after. Oh yeah, we bring democracy. Yet when Hillary Clinton. Uh, killed Muhammad uh, or Muammar uh, Gaddafi in Libya and now there's actually slave auctions and as a matter of fact he built a dam that gave water to millions of Africans in inner Africa and she blew up that dam that gave clean water to hospitals to the, the, the ruralist parts of Africa That's where did all those kids go they, they went to the underground house they're Epstein's Haiti. Island they <laughs> just went to Epstein Island all you can eat Allegedly. buffet you that's know? all they had to do it's a buffet <laughs> all you can eat they're like yeah. oh I want to go like a straw in the kids head there you go, people. Uh, they make a good point. All we make is bombs. It seems like we drop bombs on other people in other countries, and those bombs cost more money than most people make annually each year. Uh, that should give you a little bit of perspective, right? And people, that's why we have to stay vigilant with this stuff. That's why we need to stay on top of Paying attention to and listening to these politicians, these talking heads, these people that are trying to tell you what is going on in the world. And if you don't do any further investigation, how do you know if they're being honest and truthful? Don't you think it's a better plan to actually dig into this stuff, try to find what's real and what's fantasy? And I know our, our lives are so busy. Who has the time, right? Who has the time to do their own research, right? And I get that. I get that, people. I know that a lot of people hear people say things like, do your own research. And they're like, what are you talking about? I don't want to not trust the institutions and the systems of control and the gatekeepers of knowledge and wisdom that have told me the way that things are my entire life. And uh, if you listen to my last episode, those people tend to be 98% of the population that just live through their sensory perception and don't have the capacity to think deeply and dig in to stuff and find perspective, right? So my fellow Americans have no fear. That's why I am here. Andrew for America will do the research for you. I'll dig into this stuff. I'll give you multiple perspectives on topics. So come back repeatedly here to the Politics and Punk Rock podcast so that you can get a little perspective on the things that are happening in the world that you and I live in together.
Let's turn up the optimism and the fun and let's play some punk rock. This band is one of my all-time favorite bands. I love these guys. Shout out to Allegedly Records. Here we go. Making their return to the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Here's Personal Crisis with their song. And get ready for it, America. It's coming. This song's called Communist USA.
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. That's the show. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com, buy some merch, read the show notes, click on the SoundCloud link to go check out my music, click on the Spotify playlist link to go check out all of the awesome punk rock tunes and bands in the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast playlist. Take care of each other out there. We're going to need a little bit more love and a little bit less fear as we march ever forward towards possible World War III here in the 21st century. I love you guys. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 155 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast entitled Infiltrate, overcome, acquire. We'll see you next time. The technology now is, and uh, digital technologies mainly have an analytical power. Now we go into a predictive power, and we have seen the first examples, and your company very much involved into it. But then the next step could be in, to go into a prescriptive uh, mode, which means um, uh, you, you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what, uh, predict, and afterwards you can say, why do we need elections? Because we know what the result will be. Can you imagine such a world?